Hello, listeners. This is The Critic, and I want to welcome you to a special episode of Why Watch That. Since we've been away for a couple of weeks in preparation for the future of Why Watch That, in this episode, we wanted to put together our reviews of recently released and soon-to-be-released movies. Our first review is of Arrival, which opened last week and stars Amy Adams, Jeremy Renner, and Forrest Whitaker. The other three films that we review in this episode all release this week, and they are Bleed for This, which stars Miles Teller, Aaron Eckhart, Kieran Hines, and Katie Seagal, Nocturnal Animals, which is directed by Tom Ford, yes, the designer and writer-director Tom Ford, and also stars Amy Adams, along with Jake Gyllenhaal and a great supporting cast, including Aaron Taylor Johnson, Michael Shannon, Army Hammer, Isla Fisher, Michael Sheen, and Laura Linney. And our final review is of Manchester by the Sea, which stars Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Lucas Hedges, and Kyle Chandler. By the way, at whywatchthat.com, we have even more recent reviews, including reviews of Hacksaw Ridge, Loving, and L. Check them out and enjoy this episode. Why Watch That is a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. Presented by Dynamic Network. A Why Watch That sneak peek. My listeners, oh my listeners, the ref, she's on a roll. Hello. Screenings left and right, leaving me in the dust, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And she got to see a movie I'm really excited about, ref. And this is Arrival. Yes. And it is coming to us, directed by Denis Villeneuve, who directed Prisoners. He directed Sicario. Mm. He is the director of the upcoming Blade Runner sequel as well. Mm. Hello. So it's also written by Eric Heiserer, and it stars, look, it stars my girl Amy Adams, it stars my boy Jeremy Renner, it stars Forrest Whitaker, oh my goodness, and more. So tell us, Revan, is this the sci-fi fix that I need? Well, let's start with the plot. How about that? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) The movie starts with Amy Adams. Her name is Dr. Lewis uh, Banks. Louise Banks, excuse me. And she is a top linguist. She understands language. And she teaches um, at a local uh, college, at a top-notch college, rather. Mm -hmm. And she's not in a good place. She's in a very, very bad place. Something terrible happens to her family. And she is, um, we're trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on because she is not, um, she's not a happy woman. We'll say that much. Very reclusive uh, and things of that nature. Now, what happens is while she's teaching, There's a lot of chatter going on over the internet and phones are going off left and right. Turns out 
that some objects from outer space, yes, spaceships, if you will, arrive at various points throughout the world. Uh, Montana, uh, we got some in South America, we've got some in Europe, some in India. There's really no uh, rhyme or reason to where uh, and why these spaceships have landed. Now, they look like little... um, they look like a, a elongated egg, if you will. <laughs> you probably have seen it in the marketing. Now, you would think everybody would be in a huff. Most people are. She seems to, because she's in this place, she's just like, okay, what uh, what's going on here? She's visited by Forrest Whitaker, uh, Colonel Weber, who has worked with her in the past on some other projects, so she still has government clearance. Mm. He asks her, I need you to come with us because we're speaking to these beings oh. and we, and, but we're not communicating. <laughs> we're just talking at them and their sounds. He p- actually plays her a sound and, you know, he asks her to interpret it. And she's like, what are you? I have to be there now to make a long story short. He ends up grabbing her or not grabbing her. She ends up going <laughs> to, to Montana. And along the way, she meets Jeremy Renner, who is a top, top, top scientist. Mm. And of course, you've got the le- the side of language and the side of science, logic and creativity. And they, they don't butt heads by any means. But it's clear that they are both needed in this effort, because at this point, we don't know if the aliens are hostile or if they're tourists, or if they're just preparing something dreadful. We don't know anything. So to fast forward, they end up making contact with these alien beings, but there is no communication. There's a glass wall that separates them as they go up inside of the spaceship, or the spacecraft, whatever it is, and they're just making noises. But Amy Adams' characters starts to establish a pattern with them. And so to fast forward, you get to the point where she's, um, the way they communicate is really, it's, it's visually. Mm. Um, and she ends up, uh, along with her team and Jeremy Renner, breaking the code and they're able to communicate to one another. Now, this is in Montana. However, it's not going smoothly all over the world. In fact, China, Russia, and Pakistan are getting a little nervous mm. that they're hostile. So they're preparing for war. <laughs> Her job, if she chooses to accept it, <laughs> is to somehow figure out if the aliens, because she's made friends with them, they've actually like had a, an establishment, is to figure out if she can save the world um, from attacking the aliens and the aliens attacking back, or if she can't do that. Now, I'll leave it at that because there's a lot going on. Now, that sounds adventurous. It sounds very sci-fi of them. Um, But what I will say is that this movie is surprisingly really not about the aliens. What? I know. I know. Hear me out. Woven in between uh, these uh, communication sessions that she has with the aliens are essence of her life. That she's discovering things about herself, her her state of being, and we're you see by the end. And again, I'm not going to give away the ending because it's 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 quite you you it's quite a reveal. 
Mm. See by the end that everything comes full circle in a way that you hadn't quite expected it, or maybe you did. Mm-hmm. And so the movie really is about, get this, humanity. Of course. It's about humanity. It's about how we communicate with one another. It's about the choices we make as humans and the repercussions, boom, 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 mm. of those choices. And if we if we somehow can figure out how to get past those things, is it beneficial? Do we repeat our past? Do we repeat our future? Mm. All of those ph- philosophical questions that arise from this effort. I, I, I mean, the aliens are, are, are a byproduct of all of this. Got it. So what I will say is this. You do see the aliens. That's not... I'm not ruining anything. You... you they do talk. Um, but not in English. But obviously there, there's translation happening. Yeah. Um, there are some real interesting uh, digital effects that happen throughout. The performances, I won't go through all of them. Amy Adams, it's a very, very internal performance. Mm. I know that sounds weird with a sci-fi movie with thinking that you're going to see a lot of action. But it's she plays it extremely internal. She is, her voice never raises. <laughs> like, it's just, it's very much what's going on in, in those famous eyes of hers. Yeah. Um, and she obviously has to play some emotional depths to this character. Jeremy Reynolds, to be, or Reynolds, Jeremy Renner, to be honest with you, um, it's just, he's there. He's a great actor. He's going to do what he does. To me, he wasn't given enough. Even though he's in a lot of scenes, it just, it just was what it was. Mm. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't grand. He was just there. Forrest Whitaker basically does Forrest Whitaker. You believe that he's in the army. You believe he's a colonel. You believe he's calling shots. And the rest of the performances basically are, are, are there. What I will say and leave you with this, Arrival is not, and I repeat, I have to tell this to our listeners, it is not an edge of your seat kind of movie, like you, um, like Gravity or yeah. Aliens or Contact mm. um, when you're dealing with, with, with outer space or even um, beings. It's not that movie. They may be selling it that way or it may come across that way or you just may think it is. It is not. It is not at the edge of your seat it's a recline oh a lean back a lean back and recline and just think about what's happening on the screen because it's 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 not going the plot and the direction the way it's directed it's not fast paced and like Sicario don't expect that do not expect that it's not fast paced fast cuts a lot of wide shots a lot of long shots Mm. um, a lot of interesting shots um, but by all means, there was no sense of urgency, even if, even with prominent, even with danger being prominently about what are these aliens going to attack us? There really was no sense of danger. Mm-hmm. It, it really was a discovery and I'll leave it at that. So you may or may not want to see that if that appeals to you. Um, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I'm already thinking right now, everybody. So if you want to continue thinking about what the ref said, hey, you can go to your nearby theater. Uh, Arrival is in theaters November 11th. So ponder that. (laughs) Think about it. Okay, okay. The critic got to see Bleed for this. Bleed! 
for this. <laughs> Coming out to a theater near you November 17th. Now, this is no lightweight. <laughs> it's, it's directed by Ben Younger. He also did the screenplay and story. Along with the story was um, Angelo Pizzo, as well as Pippa Blanco. Oh. It stars Miles Teller, yes, Mr. Whiplash from Fantastic Four himself, mm. <laughs> along with Aaron Eckerd, who we love, and uh, Katie Sagel, um, Christine um, Evangelista, on and on and on. Yeah. It is a boxing movie, but you've got something to say about it. Well, look, the title is Bleed for this, okay? So just keep that in mind. Now, this is actually um, a biopic of sorts. It's based on a real boxer, uh, Vinny Paz, who is played by, as you said, Miles Teller. Uh, we see him, of course, fighting in the beginning. But right now in his career, at that moment, he's not winning. <laughs> okay? He's ending up in the hospital after every fight. Oh, boy. But he is a former champion. So he's trying to get back to that. Um now, what happens is a major event in his life changes the course of things, okay? Uh, but before that, he finds a new trainer played by Aaron Eckhart. Mm-hmm. And he, this trainer is an alcoholic, okay? Ooh, okay. First time that uh, Vinny meets him, he's hungover, all right? So, you know, we have this dynamic between the two of them. And this new trainer, again, played by Aaron Eckhart. I'm going to keep saying that because he did a great job. Mm-hmm. His name is Kevin Rooney. He looks at, at Vinny and goes, no, you're in the wrong weight class. We need to have you at your normal weight. And that changes Vinny's career. So he has success. He becomes the champ again. Major, major accident happens. And this changes everything because the question is not can he fight again? Can he walk? Believe oh, boy. After this. So he decides to do or go through a procedure that his doctor is like, no, this is not safe. You shouldn't be doing this. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Don't even look it up because it'll ruin the movie for you. This is a big thing. Like the whole second half, you'll almost be laughing at how ridiculous this is. So this kind of movie teeters between humor and drama. Just keep that in mind. Okay, now, surrounding Benny, of course, is his strong-willed father who has his own boxing uh, boxing training, you know, gym, that whole thing. And the father's played by Kieran Hines, who is a great actor, period. Mm-hmm. If you watch uh, Game of Thrones, Mance Raider, that's Kieran Hines, okay? And he's a character. Okay, now we are in Rhode Island, so you get the all of the dialects, all right? Yeah, yeah. Vinny's mother is Katie Seagal, okay? We know Peg Bundy. We know Peg! We love Peg. Now, she has a shrine to Jesus that also includes elephants, okay? I can't even... (laughs) And every time he fights, she, she can't watch. She sits at the shrine. She sits at that shrine. He has a sister and the sister's husband, who's uh, not quite there all the way mentally. Okay, <laughs> he's, he's a little sluggish mentally, but he's a cool guy. So this, wh- why I'm saying this is because this is a movie about characters. Okay, that's its strength. You get characters, and a lot of it again is funny. I wish more of it was. I think that that tonal balance could have been uh, done a little better. 
Uh, but this is nothing new. If you've seen a boxing movie before, they're not going to bring you anything new except for these kinds of characters. And I think that the cast uh, really did a great job with that. Um, now, I think it's too long. It's definitely too long. I wasn't bothered by uh, the familiarity of it, um, again, because of the characters. But here's the thing. It's not the narrative doesn't build from scene to scene. That's really the problem, if there is one. It's more of snapshots, and some of them are, are great moments, and others are where you would go as a critic, as us two, ref. We go, you could cut that completely. If you're just doing episodic things almost, pick just the great moments and show us that. It, we get the story. So I think that uh, Ben Younger, because he's the writer-director here, I think someone could have come in, the editor or somebody, and said, look, you don't need that. You don't need this. And it would have been even more impactful. But I will say this, everybody. If you like boxing films with characters, this is not like The Fighter. It's not quite as good as that. Okay. You could think that almost... This will entertain you enough where you can either go to the movies if you really love this kind of storytelling or wait and rent it and you will be satisfied. So that's my take on Bleed for this. Oh boy, it comes out November 17th to a theater near you. And uh, if you want to check it out in the theater, like the critic said, do it. If not, you can wait for it. But let me tell you this. Don't fight. Don't see it. <laughs> this episode of Why Watch That is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of audiobooks for download to your computer, phone, and MP3 player. Sign up today to try Audible free for 30 days and get a free audiobook of your choice. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash why watch that to get your free audiobook now and to support our show. Back to why watch that. Oh, the critic got a chance to see Nocturnal Animals. Oh, yes, it's the new movie by Tom Ford. Now you're thinking, Tom Ford, Tom Ford, like the Tom Ford, the designer Tom Ford. The, uh, the, 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 the tycoon? Tom Ford? Yes, yes, the one yes. that he talks about. Tom Ford. <laughs> he not only directed it, but he also did the screenplay, and it's based on Austin Wright's novel, uh, Tony and Susan. It stars an amazing cast. We won't go through everybody because you're going to go through, um, it yourself, but Amy Adams, she's yeah. had a big year this year. Jake Gyllenhaal, Michael Shannon's in there, Laura Linney's in there. I mean, a ton of other people that you know, but of course, this is definitely going to be a visual feast. Yeah. Tom Ford. So let's let's hear about it. Tell me about it. That's right. And remember, this is Tom Ford's second film. Um, he wrote and uh, co-wrote and directed a single man, mm-hmm. uh, which starred Colin Firth. If you haven't seen that, I think that that was an astonishing debut. Honestly, it took people. It shocked people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is his sophomore effort. Uh, now, they're saying this is a thriller. Yeah, you could call it that. Okay, now let me break this down for you. Amy Adams plays a woman who is an art historian, essentially. So she works in galleries. She's 
a high-powered person in that world. And the opening of this film, everybody, just you might need a, a seat, a, a buckle for your seat or something. You might need to cover your eyes. I don't know. It, he comes right for it when it comes to art, okay, and nudity. That's all I got to say. The whole opening sequence. So you are getting set up for this world. Now, Amy Adams is married to Army Hammer. Mm-hmm. And he is a high-powered guy in his own right, money guy. But is he trustworthy? Because the thing is, everybody, when she was in college years back, she was married before, and she was married to the character played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, boy, boy, boy. Yes, and at the time, he was trying to become a writer. And we know how that goes. Yes. And she wasn't quite as supportive as she should have been. So this is like 19 years later. She hasn't seen him at all in those 19 years. He sends her the manuscript of his finished novel. Yes, he finally has the novel finished. It's dedicated to her. And the novel's called Nocturnal Animals. Okay. Yeah, what is this about? You know, she's already unsettled, and now he's coming up. Mm. She begins to read it. And she finds some startling parallels between their relationship and what's going on in the novel. But the novel is very violent. Because what happens is this. Jake Gyllenhaal also plays the the main character in the novel. So what happens in the movie, everybody? You see Amy Adams' real life. And then you see the novel being played out as well. So we have those two things being juxtaposed. So Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't actually show up as her ex-husband. He shows up as the guy in the book based on the ex-husband. And we have Isla Fisher playing her in the book. (laughs) Oh, boy. They have a daughter in the book. So we're like, wait, did they have a daughter in real life? It's like, you know, you start questioning. What happens? They're driving in the novel. The three of them, the family is driving. And they get into a road rage incident. These crazy guys knock them off the road and don't let them go. And the leader of this gang is Aaron Taylor Johnson. No shock there. Okay. Now, this ends up very violently, but Jake Gyllenhaal does get away. And he finds his way to a detective played by Michael Shannon. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Okay, played by, this is still in the novel, played by Michael Shannon. And Michael Shannon wants him to retrace his steps so they can find these guys and bring them to justice. Now, the thing is, can you trust Michael Shannon to have some restraint? (laughs) I don't think so. So that's the novel. Now, throughout the film, we get parts of the novel, parts of Amy Adams' life. Because Amy Adams reads it and has to come up for air. She can't stop. You know, she well, she doesn't want to stop, but she has to stop because it's just overwhelming for her. And she keeps going, what does this mean about me? What does this mean about my relationship? So the question is why? What is the guilt that's lingering for her? You find out in the movie. All right. So that's enough of the story. Now, everybody, for me, Tom Ford, you mentioned it, Ref, visually stunning. In this movie, the Amy Adams sections are beautiful. They're, they're uh, luscious even, but not overly so. He really, of course, has taste. But when we get to the novel parts, this is Texas. Oh, so you, oh you, my. <laughs> this is in, yeah, this is in Texas. So, you know, A.B. Adams is in L.A. The novel's in Texas, and you can see the split. It's, 
Western. That's what you get, that kind of look. And Tom Ford is from those parts. He knows it. Uh, so, you know, we get these two things being juxtaposed. But for me, the novel parts, I was I never really felt the tension enough for it to work as a counterbalance fully with what Andy Adams was doing. I got it intellectually, but I didn't feel it. Um, so that's the question for nocturnal animals. There's a lot to appreciate, but it doesn't crawl under your skin the way that it promises to. So if you want to see something that looks great, if you want to see Tom Ford's second effort, uh, and you want to see some pretty good acting, even the acting to me was just uh, okay, um, you can go see it. Otherwise, you can wait. I, it'll be interesting to see, Ref, what happens in regards to the awards with this film. I think it's going to divide some people. Oh, that was just enough to get us excited <laughs> or not. Oh, <laughs> animals. And again, that opens in a theater probably near you on the 17th of this dear, dear month. Listen, if you're not going to go see the movie, at least go buy a handbag from Tom Ford. <laughs> Does he make handbags? <laughs> Well, 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 it looks like the critic and I have some good news. Oh, <laughs> you've given it away early. I know, I know. We went to see an advanced screening at the New York Film Festival of a wonderful film that's coming out this week, um, November 18th. That's right. That's this Friday. We saw Manchester by the Sea. You've been hearing the buzz about it, I'm sure. It's directed and written by Kenneth Lonergan. Yeah. You know his work. Yes, you do. Don't say you don't. If you've seen Gangs of New York, he, he contributed to that. If you watched Analyze This and Analyze That, you can count on me. I mean, Margaret. Just the list goes on and on. It's starring Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, Kyle Chandler. My boy. Wonderful Lucas Hedges, along with a boatload of other people that you may or may not know. Heather Burns makes an appearance. I love her. <laughs> Anyway, this is definitely one of those sneaky sneaks that's coming at you this upcoming Friday. And quite frankly, I'll give it away. We think you should watch it, but here's why. The plot. Okay. It, it always falls to me. Let's see. Well, listen, I'll do it. You just... You... <laughs> no, go, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead and do no, it. No, no, you got it. <laughs> I'll, you know I like to interject anyway. You do, and I appreciate it, actually. You helped me. Now, look, everybody. Here's the deal. Casey Affleck plays Lee Chandler, and he's a janitor of a few buildings. Sure. Um, so he's fixing all of these people's problems in their apartments, and they are having their own lives. You know, one of them likes them. Another one is talking about a bot mitzvah she don't want to go to, and so on and so forth. So we see him. He's a quiet guy, though. He's Casey Affleck, okay? Yeah, let's just say that. It seems like the role was written for him, even though it wasn't. <laughs> Um, so we start off seeing this guy. Then we see uh, via flashbacks that he has an older brother played by Kyle Chandler. And his older brother has a son played wonderfully by Lucas Hedges, who is very experienced as he an He plays actor. the older son. Yeah, the older version. Mm -hmm. That's right. Sorry. That's right. So we see uh, Kyle Chandler with the younger version of the son. The older version is played by Lucas Hedges. You know, this is... 
like they say, it's in Manchester, we're in New England, you know, some of it's in Boston. Mm-hmm. You know, it's by the sea, as the title says. So they are out on the sea in the boat, Kyle Chandler's character's boat. With their accents and all. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> and you know what? I really, of all the movies that do those accents, this is one of the best, I think. It's yeah, really, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so we see those flashbacks. We also find out along the way that at some point he was married with children. And his wife, his ex-wife, uh, in the present, is played by Michelle Williams. Wonderfully. Wonderfully. So what happens is Casey Affleck and his nephew, the older version played by Lucas Hedges, they have to come together. Casey Affleck has to take care of him. And he doesn't want to. And there's a reason why we won't tell you what that reason yeah. is. So... The whole rest of the movie is Casey Affleck going, oh, I really don't want to do this. But he is trying to negotiate that with his nephew. And the nephew at this point is 16 going, look, I need to do what my father wanted me to do. I want to stay here. I don't want to go with you, but I want you to stay with me. And this nephew, this 16-year-old, everybody. Has his own life. He sure does. (laughs) Look, he has lots of friends and lots of ladies. (laughs) <laughs> on the side and that's enough of the plot I'm gonna give you wait wait you have to say this okay. there is a reason why um, Casey Affleck's character doesn't want to stay in Manchester he is not welcomed in that town for a specific reason only a select few people really embrace him coming back and he's essentially has been gone for about 10 years yeah um, and just visits ever so often because of his brother and his brother's situation yes um, and also there's a friend and he's like, can you take the nephew? And the guy's like, look, I got enough kids myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. see that in the trailer. Yeah, you'll Yes. Know. So here's the thing. This movie gives you tragedy, definitely. But it also gives you comedy, humor. This and is the guy who wrote Analyze This and Analyze That. So you have to expect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even You Can Count On Me, which did that kind of balance, yeah. too. Um, so Kenneth Lonergan, to me, knocked it out of the park as a director and a writer. The writing is spectacular. The characters, ref, the characters. I was there. I know. <laughs> they will stick with me. And it's not just Casey Affleck's character. It's all of the characters big and small, whatever you want to call them, supporting or not, just beautifully played, beautifully acted. I mean, it sounds almost like they're improving, but they're not, because Kenneth Lonergan is also a playwright. You can see how all of those skills... You're taking all of our points! (laughs) And the experience helps him out. Okay, you know what? Go ahead. I'm going to be quiet now. Yes, no. I have to agree. We can, you know, I'm just excited. You know, (laughs) you are. It's a good movie. It's one of those movies. It is long. And some of you may think it's a little long, but if you just ride along with the main character's um, journey, we'll say, and whether or not he succeeds in that journey is up to you whether or not he's successful as a human being, because ultimately what we have here is a story looking for redemption. Mm-hmm. Everybody is really looking for redemption. Michelle Williams character, the young 16 year old, he's looking for some sort of redemption. Casey Affleck's character is looking for redemption. It really is a beautifully told story. Now I have to technically say also just to throw that in Gretchen Maul playing the mother. Yes. She's of- looking for redemption. Yes. Oh wait. And there's a wonderful cameo. We're not going to tell you about that. No, cameo. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but look, when you meet Gretchen Maul's new fiance, 
let's just say it's great. Yes, it's a wonderful surprise. But what I will say technically with the movie is the reason why I say it's a little long is because it really isn't an in-your-face kind of movie dealing with tragedy. There isn't like catharsis every step of the way. In fact, there's very little catharsis. Only a couple of characters really experience that. But what you'll come out with at the end, you'll come out with an experience with these people. People that you actually like. Because it's really easy to not give catharsis to people that you don't like. But when you do like them, you really, you know, I just pined for a little more time, even though it was a little lengthy. I'll I'll say that. I don't know how, I don't know why I felt that, but it it just was. I agree. You know, when it ended, I was like, oh, that's it. I really was wanting more. Um, Also, everybody, there is, when you start watching this movie, just be patient. Yeah. It's coming. That's all I'm going to say. It is coming. And it's a wallop when it comes. And then everything that you've seen leading up to that moment will make so much sense. And you'll really be locked in. Um, I think that Casey Affleck, again, uh, was essentially born to play this role. It suits his strengths because he's really a fish out of water almost with the rest of the cast. No pun intended, Manchester by the Sea. <laughs> <laughs> I won't 100% concur, but I will give you a good uh, 85%. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Now listen, um, if you want to check out a little bit more about Manchester by the Sea, go ahead and pop on the website. We have the full Q&A with Kenny or Kenneth (laughs) and um, he talks about well three things and we're not going to give it away so you'll have to check it out who this was written for oh he talks about who was the original director oh and he also talks about his experience with Casey Affleck on (laughs) set you have to listen to it we'll be shocked you will be surprised it's right there on our sites under events now um, again this comes out November 18th it is a Why Watch That Recommend. You can see it in a theater. I will okay that. It is also something you can see at home. Yeah, so I, I agree. check it out. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.